Hey guys, good morning, good morning uh, to you uh, on the 15th of January. Happy New Year, hope things are going well. Uh, crazy uh, start to the year already in some ways, but uh, hopefully uh, we're gonna get into some flow and a groove and uh, just keep following God, keep being faithful to the Lord in everything that we do uh, for the Lord. Damar is back home, glory be to God for that. That is incredible, a miraculous and so impactful to uh, a lot of a lot of people, uh, and I and I hope and pray that the desperation that people felt turning to God and saying, "God, He's in Your hands," and and uh, that intensity will just stay with people. That we will all realize just how desperate we are for the Lord every day of our life, not just not just in certain situations of our life, but all the time. We're talking about dreaming big, and uh, I want to share with you today about this because God is on the move. He's always on the move, and he's He's moving. He's going. He's He's looking for someone to to use for His glory. Somebody that is living their lives for Him in faith that He can use in a big way. And I hope that like we are postured. To not just listen to God, but to do what God says. Like we are on the edge of our seat as we live our lives, as we hear the gospel, as we're challenged to dream big, like in all these ways that we're like, God, use me. God, use me. God, show me what you want me to do. We sing a song, trust and obey for there's no other way. And that's how we want to posture our life, just trusting and obeying the Lord. How awesome is that? So let's dream. Uh, I don't know what you've been thinking about for yourself, but you know, when we talk about dream big, we're not talking about other people's dreams. Hope other people do something for God. We're talking about us, like me, the man in the mirror. Like, what am I? What am I going to do for the kingdom of God in this year? Like, how can God use me to grow his church? That's the challenge of this series is that we will all find a place in our local church or in whatever body of believers we're connected to, and we will find a way to help grow that church physically like we ourselves will be engaged in doing something to reach people for the kingdom of God. I hope and pray that you will dream big and that you will find your place in the kingdom. Not some superpower, but a realistic goal, dream that God would give you to do something practical but impactful on this planet this year. So I hope you're thinking about that. What? What? How can God use you? What are, what are you going to do? And the key word is do. What are you going to do? What are you, what are you and I going to do? In Matthew's gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Matthew's gospel, uh, Jesus, of course, teaches a lot. He tells lots of stories, but he, he tells this one particular story about a man who is a master who has servants under him, and he's going to go on a journey. He's going to take a trip and be gone. And so he calls his servants together. Three of them. And to one of them, he entrusts five bags of gold. Don't get hung up on the money part. To another, two bags of gold. And to another, 
one bag of gold. Now, the Bible says in this passage in Matthew 25, if you want to flip there in your Bibles, Matthew 25, that he gave to them these bags of gold, each according to his ability. And we don't even know what that means. Maybe one had more experience with business. Maybe one was a lot older and wiser and the others were younger. We don't know. But each according to their ability. He gives one five, one two, and one one. And then he leaves and he goes on his journey. And to the one that he gave five bags, that man went out and doubled it, ending up with ten. To the one he gave two bags, he gained two more. And to the one he gave one bag of gold, he dug a hole and he buried it in the ground and he did nothing with it. He hid it. Well, the passage says after a long time had gone by, the master returns and now he's going to like settle accounts with these servants. And this is where we pick up our passage of scripture in Matthew 25, beginning in verse 19. It says this, after a long time, the master of those servants returned to settle accounts with them. The man who had received the five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained for you five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold and see, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. And then the man who had received the one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. And so I was afraid. And I went out and I hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. And his master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and I gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they do have will be taken from them and throw the worthless servant outside into the darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow. That ended intense. I mean, the beginning of this thing is just a wonderful story about a, a servant or a master entrusting his servants with responsibility. And it ends really well for a couple of them. But for this last guy, it did not end well at all. And the words used were like lazy, unproductive, uninvolved. What I hope to do this morning, as we kind of meditate and think about this story, 
is not show you how to get rich or how to invest your money or double your funds because I don't know anything about that. I do know a guy, if you want to know. That's really not what the parable is about. It's really about something far, far more valuable. No, I hope to point us, what I hope to do is like point us to the place where God will be able to show you his big dream. Because this story teaches us where that place is. But I got to tell you, it is probably not where you think. Now, before I surrendered my life to Christ, my life was a mess. I was into stuff I shouldn't have been into. I was wandering down paths that I shouldn't have gone. And um, I don't know that I could say I was going to be dead if I continued down that road, but it wasn't going to be a good thing. And the Lord plucked me out of there. He pulled me out of there and uh, he, 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 he gave me a new direction. He gave me a new path. He gave me a new vision or a new purpose in life. He pulled me from a, a path that I was walking down. You know that path where, where, where all you want to do is like have fun, like party, hardy, make money, like chase after whatever, you know, looks good or comes next. You know, pleasure. Pleasure is what life is all about. I'm going to go for the gusto kind of thing. You know, he, he plucked me from that kind of mentality. As I moved through high school and graduated from high school in that direction that I was moving, God, God came to the rescue. And when Jesus came into my life, when Jesus came into my life, a total change took place. A complete change took place in my life. It was no longer about me and my pleasures it wasn't about my comfort anymore or my big goals or dreams for me. That's not what it was about anymore. That's not what it's about. It has become all about, and this is a growing thing. It's a process thing. It isn't is something that just happens overnight. It's, it's God working on a person's heart and their mind and slowly drawing them closer and closer to himself causing us to be more and more Christ-like in our minds and how we think and how we process and, and the decisions that we make. It became about his kingdom and my little role in his kingdom. See, this is the difference between a believer and the rest of the world. Our dreams, our dreams as believers no longer come from the cesspool of a fallen and dark world where we've been deceived. Our dreams come from the very throne of God. When you give your life to Christ and you surrender to him, you're not perfect, but, but your outlook and your standards and your morals now come from God. They come from the throne of God. See, we are seeking to dream big. That's what we're trying to do. We are striving in this series to dream big, but it's not our dream that we seek. It's God's dream that we seek. This is what I'm seeking, is God's dream. 
And we've got to kind of get this straight in our minds because we can be and probably have been chasing our big dream in all the wrong places. Kind of like going to a bar or a strip club to find your wife. Probably not the best place to go and find your forever spouse. See, all of our young life, all we have ever heard is things like this. What do you want to be when you grow up? Like, what do you like to do? Follow your heart. Do what makes you happy. You still hear that today. Do what makes you happy. And all of this sounds good and kind of okay. It's not necessarily evil, but it is all slanted toward the world and worldly living and worldly thinking and worldly uh, purposes. See, we don't teach our children very well. We don't. We don't teach them very well to be missionaries for the Lord in this world. We're somewhat afraid of this. Like we're afraid it sounds too radical or something, or it's too like it's too uh, too intense for them. Like we don't teach them to be the salt and the light of the world very well, to be faithful to God no matter what the world does. We don't teach them these things very well. Teach our children. What we should do is teach our children to seek God and the plans that God has for their lives. This is already affecting us as adults. So the goal here is to correct that among our children and our grandchildren. We should be teaching them to seek God and seek God's plans for your life. What does God want to do in your life? This is where we should be directing the focus of our children. His plans, we should be teaching them that his plans in the end are the only plans that really matter. Our plans don't, his do. And we should instill, instill the dream of God in the hearts of our children. See, it really isn't about what the world says, pleasure and, and uh, status and riches and the rubbish of the world that we call treasures. See, following Jesus into his dream is dangerous. And this is why we maybe avoid this with our kids. This is why we have grown up seeking our dreams in all the wrong places. Because following Jesus is dangerous. Outside of the inner peace that we receive and the comfort that we receive on the inside because of the Holy Spirit living in us that gives us the strength and the confidence and the power to face anything in this world. Outside of that, there is no promise of physical comfort in this world. Not from the scripture's point. We have, we've made that up. TV evangelists have made that up. The wealth, health, gospel of the, the rich, elite preachers of the world have made that up. That God is just blessing me. Well, isn't that nice that God has blessed you way different and way greater than most of the people we read about in the scriptures? 
It wasn't comfortable for them. How can it be comfortable for us? See, it wasn't comfortable for Joseph. We talked about Joseph, remember? Sold by his brothers into slavery, thrown in a hole. Lies made up to tell dad that he's dead. Thrown in prison in Egypt more than once. That wasn't comfortable for Joseph. Moses had a wander in the wilderness for 40 years because of the disobedience and the disbelief of the people that he was leading. Abraham was called to leave all, his, all of his home buddies and his, his hometown and go to a land that God would show him one day. Not a comfortable trip to take, sleeping on the rocks and out in the desert. Paul was shipwrecked, not comfortable. Stephen was stoned. Peter was hung upside down, crucified on a cross. And in, that, in Hebrews 11, the saints of old were burned at the stake. Jesus was mocked, flogged, and crucified. See, I, I would be very careful when we use the word comfortable. Because I don't think it has anything, any connection whatsoever to following Jesus. It's why we sing the song, though none go with me, still I will follow. Because it's dangerous. There will be critics. There will be those who oppose you. The devil himself will oppose you through people, through friends, through family, Peter and Judas. No. You want God's dream? You really want God's dream in your life? Then I can guarantee you it will not be comfortable. It will not be comfortable. The world keeps screaming money, comfort, pleasures, riches. And what happens is we run the risk of raising our children to love this world more than we do to love the Lord. And as a result, we become adults chasing all our dreams in all the wrong places. You want to dream big with God? Do you want to dream big with God? Then what we need first is kind of a refocus. We've got to make a shift in our hearts that this is not where we're going to find the dreams that God has for us. It has nothing to do with the worldly treasures around us. And our encouragement, or my encouragement today is this, God's dream for you, God's big dream for you will come in the midst of your faithfulness to him in the little things. That's where it's going to come. It is going to come in your faithfulness to the Lord in doing the little things. See, David, he was just tending sheep. Moses was just like tending his flock. Peter was just fishing. Woman at the well was just caring for her family by going to get some water. And Job, he was just being a godly man when God, God stepped in and used him in a big way. 
See, this is where God loves to go to work. This is where God does his best work. This is where he finds servants who are ready to serve him in big ways. This is where, right? This is where Jesus just moving around the streets, interacting with crowds of people is where opportunity arises. It's where God speaks. It's where God leads. It's where God moves. It's where God shapes his dream for you. This is where God shapes his dreams for you. In the midst of serving him faithfully in the little things. Verse 23. His master replied, to the five and to the two. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. See, this, this is what we want. This is what we want for ourselves. This is what we want for our kids. This is what we want for the church. And it all begins, it all starts, it is initiated when we put our hand to the plow with God. It all begins when we surrender our lives to Jesus. We believe in you, Jesus. We repent of our sin and we change. We let God turn us and we start moving in an opposite direction than we were going. And we're immersed into Christ, our sins forgiven. And now, now we are kids of the kingdom and of the king. We are bought with a price, the blood of Jesus, to honor God with our life. This is where it begins. And now we are servants of the Most High. We become servants of God's. We come into the relationship by the grace of God and the grace of God only. But now that we're children of God, we must serve the king with everything in us. See, for our master, Jesus, to say, well done, come and share here, come and share in your master's happiness, we must First, live good and faithful lives. Everything that we need to know about serving God and finding our dream is in this verse. This verse is packed with treasures from above. This is not just another verse in the Bible. This verse is huge for your spiritual life and mine. Without Without the good and faithful servant part, there will be no well done. See, we live in a world today where everybody gets the trophy. You're all a bunch of winners, even though some of you are just a bunch of kind of losers. You're not putting on anything. You're not helping the team one bit. Right? If you go, you know, when your kids are little and they're playing ball and Joey's over there picking his nose by the goal and, and uh, you know, <laughs> don't you just love the Peyton Manning commercials where he's got the football and he's telling these kids to go out for a pass and he fires the ball and the kids don't even look and nails him in the back. It's like, it's like, no, 
No, we're not all a bunch of winners. That's not true. It's true in God's eyes. Okay. But, 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 but in the reality of life, if you're not doing anything to contribute to those around you, you are not helping the cause. See, there, without good and faithful, without living a good and faithful, there's no well done, come and enter into my happiness. Only depart from me, I never knew you. Right? Even Jesus in this story shows us what happens to people who are not good and faithful. They're tossed out where there's weeping and gnashing. That's hell. Look, I'm not saying this. Jesus said this. I'm just trying to bring it to light what he said. So how then can we live this good and faithful life? I'm glad you asked. And our text, our verse tells us very clearly. Look what he says. Master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. Here, here you go. You, here's how, you have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. You want to dream big? Do the little things well. That's, that's as simple as it gets. It's, it's so simple and yet so difficult, isn't it? All at the same time. Because it requires getting up every day and being faithful to God, saying no to sin, saying no to the things in this world that God has said, no, don't have anything to do with these things in this world. They are not of God. They are of the devil. And when God says, don't have anything to do with these, these things, and we, we avoid them, we abstain from them because God said to, and the things that God said that we should put on, like his love and his kindness and goodness, and the things that God said we should be dressed in, we do those things. And see, we're faithful in the little things of God. And we're not, if we're not going to be faithful in the little things of God, don't expect anything bigger. You're not going to get anything bigger. See, this, this whole truth is really easy, but it's really hard all at the same time because it requires like being dedicated and being committed and being all in with the Lord and saying, I'm going to do what God says and not what I want or not what the world says. See, I, I like this. It's, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like this. A body in motion, we all know, stays in motion. And here's what I like to say. A body in the pew begins to die and smell fall apart. A moving boat or a moving ship is easily directed, right? A car in park, ever jumped out of your car to help somebody push a car and the, the person's got it in, in park? It's not going anywhere, is it? And an airplane, an airplane without critical speed will not generate lift, right? Got my airplane here? Everybody make an airplane at home. Make your little airplane. If you take your little airplane and you just let it go, it's not going anywhere. It's just going to fall to the ground. But if you can give it, if you propel it, if you can get it moving, it will go all the way around the room. Uh, it will go. It'll go because it has what we call momentum. It has to be moving. It has to be going forward. There's got to be movement so that God can take the movement and direct it where he wants it to be. But if there's no movement, 
it isn't going anywhere. We're talking dream big, right? And where you will find God's dream for your life. That's what this whole little message is about. You will not find it. You will not find it in the health, wealth, gospel of the world. It's not going to be there. You will not find it sitting on your lazy boy. You will not find it watching other people serve the Lord. You will not find it simply going to church. You will not find it praying but never doing. You will not find it by ignoring the simple truths of God's word. And you will not find it while avoiding your own personal sin. If you haven't repented and confessed it to God. Your dream will only be found as you faithfully walk with Jesus every day in the little things of life. In God's great kingdom, the one who is faithful in the little things will be given even greater things. So go and get started. Serve somewhere. Serve anywhere. Go and do something outside of your comfort zone. Go and do something that you have never done before. Go coach a little league team. Go get involved in a nursing home. Go get involved in a children's home. Go get involved somewhere in the school system. Go and do something that you have never thought about or never tried to do before and let God take it from there. You go do something small and God will take it from there. He will. See, my testimony is, is, is just like that. It's all, it, it was all God grabbing a hold of my life and me surrendering to him and letting God just do what he wants. Now, it, it, it is all God. It is all about what God is doing, God has done. It has nothing to do with me because if it was up to me, I would probably be dead by now anyway. I'd have come to ruin years ago. But it all started very small, it's very small. Trisha and I got married, uh, we, I left Buffalo, went to Colorado, Trisha and I, I got married to, to Trisha, my wife, we had Rochelle, we moved. Trisha's parents were there, I was working for her dad with my brother Bob and Paul, and then they moved to Hot Springs, Arkansas, and shortly after that, we went there to visit and we liked it, and so we moved to Hot Springs, Arkansas, and in Hot Springs, Arkansas, I was working with Tom Baker, my father-in-law, and at times I was working for Pepsi-Cola, but in town was this children's home, the, the Wachita Children's Home. It was a, a home, just a, a place for teenagers that parents didn't want them anymore. They were a lot of trouble. They, they couldn't control them. They were in trouble with the courts. And so some of these kids, there were dozens of kids that lived there. Some of them lived there full time. Some of them came there part time. But I decided, I saw this place and I thought, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just go and see what I can do there. I, you know. I had only been a Christian a few years, so here I am, and I'm just like, I'm gonna, I want to do something for God, and, and so God puts this on my heart, and I go there, and they let me get involved, and for several years that I lived in Hot Springs, I went to the children's home every week, and I worked with the kids. I played, we played kickball, football, whatever they wanted to do. We prayed together. We did little Bible studies together, and I was just like serving God in that little way. The church that we were attending then, uh, had split before we got to Hot Springs. They had split and Rod Farthing was the preacher of this new little church plant. And so Trish and I were going there and there were some teens there. And so they asked me if I would work with the youth group 
at this church. So, so, I, so it started with this children's home, and then I started working with the youth group, and then Rod Farthing, the preacher, he takes a, a, mis, a ministry up, up in Joplin, Missouri, and so they ask me if I will preach. I don't know a thing. I, I hardly know anything. I'm a new Christian. I don't know anything, and so I say, sure, I'll preach, and I start preaching at this little church in Hot Springs, Arkansas, just a few years after I gave my life to Christ. And I realized how stupid I was biblically. And so I went to Bible college for five years, was in, up in Joplin, Missouri at Bible College, Ozark Christian College. And the whole time working in youth ministry and preaching in churches, as I was working at Yellow Freight and doing other work to, to just pay the bills and put food on the table while I was getting my college degree. And by the time we got out of Bible, Bible college, we had four children. And Trish was still hanging around with me. <laughs> so it was still Trish and me and four kids. And uh, I bring all that up simply to say this. For, that was 40 years ago. Almost 40 years ago. And since then, God has allowed me to be a part of some really, really cool stuff. Mission trips to Haiti and Jamaica and Mexico. And, and, and working with people that I never would have ever dreamed of working with in my life. Doing camps and, and working with hundreds of kids. And and uh, doing youth ministry, still doing youth ministry, still preaching the word, still just serving God in the little things. And I just bring that up because I am a living testimony of what I am telling you today. That, that it all started in my own life. I mean, it, it kind of started before when I got out of Buffalo and, and moved to Colorado and God began to work and build. But it really started when I said I was going to go and serve at that little children's home in Hot Springs, Arkansas. And then from there, God said, okay, now this. And now from there, here's this. And then from there, here's this. And, and, it, and it's just been an, an incredible ride ever since. In fact, when I die on my tombstone, there's gonna be three words. Four, if you're Joe Biden. No, three words, <laughs> three words. What a ride. That's what I want on my tombstone. What a ride, because that's what it's been. It's been an incredible ride. It's been an incredible ride. Where, where are you going to find your big dream? Where are you going to see this dream? Where is it going to begin to come to uh, life in your life? Well, let me tell you this. I haven't said this yet, but I'm going to say it right now. Where are you going to find your big dream? You won't find it. It will find you. It will find you right there. God will find you right there in the midst of being faithful to him in the little things. You're not going to find it. He's going to find you. He's going to find you. This is where Big dreams come true when you're serving the Lord in the little things. Go and dream big with God. Go and serve the Lord and watch what God can do. God bless you guys. Have an amazing day. And uh, we'll see you next week. See you.